cliffcentral.com. All right, it is time for another episode of Collectomania, and today is going to be one of my favorites. I can just feel it because this is going to be something which we've never done before. This guy is dubbed the king of fossilized feces by the Miami, Miami Herald. His name is George Franson. He's soiled his reputation <laughs> to teach the world about fossilized poop. George holds the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of coprolites, over 7,000 specimens, and the largest coprolite by a con- carnivorous animal, which we'll talk about in a moment or two. In 2014, he used his vast collection to start the world's foremost virtual coprolite resource center. It's called the Poozeum, and the site exhibits scientific research, historical discovery information, news, videos, and specimen photographs for comparative analysis. He also loans specimens from his massive collection to museums around the country, that's the U.S., so that the public can feast their eyes on real fossilized poop and learn why it's so special. George hopes that his passion and his enthusiasm for coprolites will inspire others, including all of us this morning, and especially young people, to immerse themselves in the sciences and in prehistoric history. Now, if that isn't an introduction, I don't know what is. George Franson, what a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Uh, good morning, uh, good afternoon there. It's a pleasure being here, and thank you so much for having me. What an honor to have the man who started the Poozium on our show. I'm really <laughs> I'm, you know, trying to contain myself here. But, George, let's just be se- serious for a second, and then we can get back to the joking in a moment. Coprolites, these are, these are exceedingly rare things, some of them quite valuable, and they tell us an enormous amount about our prehistoric history on planet Earth, don't they? They absolutely do. Uh, first, when you hear about it, it's kind of funny. Some people might think it's really gross that you have, you know, you're, you're a turd collector. And it's, it's <laughs> I guess it is, but it isn't. Uh, these are these are very old poops that have been mineralized over millions of years. And they hold contents and they hold the keys to our prehistoric history. Uh, when people, when scientists look into coprolites, they can find bits of bones and scales and plant matter <clears throat> that give direct evidence of what that environment looked like millions of years ago. No other fossil does that. So they're like little time capsules that when we can find them, they tell us a great amount of information about our prehistory. So personally, I think they are the most fascinating of all fossils and that's why i'm just so passionate about it and they're funny and yeah people people get a kick out of them so i i think it's a a good thing to collect and to share i think it's fantastic um you you mentioned all the prehistoric information this can give us but of course there are people in the modern world who also collect collect human uh feces from hundreds thousands perhaps even millions of years ago, uh, the original human ancestors tells us about their diet, tells us what kind of um, of lives they led, what their main preoccupations were, how much time they spent getting food, what the variety of that food was. And of course, there are arguments that come into this that are really, really interesting on the cutting edge of science at the moment about how the, the diet of early humans may have made us cleverer, faster, sharper, better at handling tools, if we hadn't had all of that stuff, uh, we would be uh, we'd be swinging from the trees still. And obviously, these these are things that quite seriously need to be investigated. So, poo can be very serious. No, ab- absolutely. Uh, 
There's a famous human poop in London. It's called the Lloyd, well, England, I'm sorry. It's called the Lloyd's Bank Coprolite. It's an old Viking turd. And they've done studies on it and they've learned that, oh, these, these Viking people had a lot of grain, but they ate a lot of meat that was infested with parasites. And they can actually Ooh. identify the parasites of uh, the time and what these Vikings were ingesting and what was in their system. It's, uh, it's fascinating. It was Ooh. actually insured for, I think, $30,000 or something. Wow. You wouldn't want to be in a wow. cubicle next to a Viking who's taking a, a dump, right? No. <laughs> No, you probably wouldn't want to share food after this, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what they're digesting. No. Well, if you think about it, though, I mean, you know, you're talking about dinosaur turds. And this is this is really amazing because we don't know, you know, for example, there's still a hot debate about which dinosaurs had feathers, whether or not they were more like reptiles, uh, the saurischians, the the, the 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 you know there are all these different family derivations which we're, we're only just starting to discover now in fact if they had to remake uh those early textbooks that we all learned from they'd probably say that a lot of the, the dinosaurs didn't look very much like we saw them in those early textbooks and part of that research comes from looking at what their diet was and part of that research comes from very very well preserved fossils which are exceedingly rare and which are hard to find and if you do find them can be sold for quite a lot of money. And, and for collectors like you, it's a very, very busy and, and creative endeavor. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, coprolites are, are fairly rare, and they weren't really a thing to paleontologists till fairly recently, I'd say the last 25 years. Nobody really collected them. Nobody was really looking at them. They were after the sexy fossils, you know, the skulls, the giant dinosaur they wanted to find the biggest dinosaur they wanted to find the most ferocious theropod they wanted that kind of stuff big teeth um Mm -hmm. unique attributes of the body they wanted to name dinosaurs no paleontologist there was one there's only one i that i can think of that was you know set their reputation out to find fossilized poop and to study it uh interesting enough it, it was kind of, there was kind of a lost period because uh back in the 1820s uh, mary anning and she's the one that you know she sells seashells by seashore that uh mm-hmm. poem she was the one who found coprolites back <clears throat> in the 1820s and she says i think these Jeez. are these are poops from prehistoric creatures and she, she could have made more scientists. if she had sold the coprolites instead of just she, the seashells Absolutely. She, maybe she missed one there. And uh, so she shared it with the scientific community. And it, they were a thing back in the 1820s and 1830s. And there were studies. And then it, then it kind of died for a bit uh, all the way up until the, I'd say, the 1990s. They weren't really a thing. So how did your interest start and, and how did you start your collection? Were you a kid? Um, did, did it happen much later on in adult life? How did it begin? Oh, that's, uh, that's a great question. So I grew up in the Western United States in a state called Utah, which is filled with all kinds of neat prehistoric stuff. We have old rocks. We have fossils of dinosaurs. We have time periods from 
older than dinosaurs. You can find trilobites and stuff. So as a young person, we'd go out and look for fossils and hike around. And it just became a kind of a passion of mine to study dinosaurs. And every young kid, I think, goes through a phase where they really love dinosaurs. So I took that first year of college. I was in a paleontology class and I was getting more interested in it and ended up going to a rock and fossil shop that had something and it said coprolite on it. It looked like a turd. And I asked the guy at the shop, Hey, you know, what is this? And he said, Oh, it's a coprolite. I I get that. What is it? So I had never in all my years heard of one because no children's books, no young youth books about dinosaurs talk about turds at the time. And he said, well, it's a fossilized poop. I'm like, no. I, I, could, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And it was 20 bucks. And back then, this was 25 years ago, it was 20 bucks and still is a lot of money. And I bought it and I took it. And I thought it was the most amazing thing. I wanted to share it with everybody. And they thought it was neat and amazing. And so I worked with my professor and other people in the department there to learn more about coprolites and where they can be found in that area. And I set out to teach myself about coprolites and go look for coprolites. And then it was about the same time eBay started really becoming big. And so I was able to connect with people who were selling coprolites from all over the world. So I'd find them, I'd sell them, I'd network with people. And one turned into a couple dozen fairly quickly. And, you know, after about 10 years, I had maybe a couple hundred, a few hundred. And then it just really started. My network really started to build from all over the world. And, you know, I I got better. And I also got progressively better jobs where I had a little more money to spend on these things. And it, it just grew. And then, and, after, and now uh, over seven thousand, now over seven thousand specimens, including the largest carnivorous coprolite, or the the coprolite of a carnivorous animal. Tell us about that because that's a, a Guinness World Record holder. That must be your prized possession in your collection. Yes, that's uh, so. I have the world's largest fossilized poop. <laughs> it is from South Dakota, and it is. Cretaceous, so it's just over 65 million years old. And it's about 26, 27 inches long and about seven inches wide. And it is filled Mm. with little bone bits. And we know it's from a Tyrannosaurus rex because there are no other identified dinosaurs of that time and of that space that could have made such a large poop that Mm. obviously was from a carnivore because it's got all the bone bits through it. Uh, that so one not yours, Leah. I mean, you know, just... No, you know, so but I, I was I was thinking, if you found a whole bird-type um, dinosaur in there, you'd know that it hadn't gone through the digestive system, but it had died as a result of the impact of the poop. Yes, it was just <laughs> smashed right into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is, that is quite wild. I mean, listen, you're really in the life and times of the Tyrannosaurus Rex when you're in its turd. That to me is way more interesting than just the, uh, the fossilized arm of, you know, 
of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Now, you've got a skull in the background there. What is that of? And is it a real fossil or is it just a replica? Oh, so that's that's some that's some decor. That is that is a replica of a small T Rex. So I love T Rex, oh, wow. and uh, so I actually this is a small skull. I have have a full uh, replica skeleton in my dining room. Uh, wow, kind of crazy. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and what is that? Uh, what is that? It stuff. looks like a fish. What is that fish on top of the bookshelf behind you? Uh, that is a. It looks like a fish. Kind of. It is a dragon. It is a antique wood carved dragon from Southeast Asia. Okay, so it's not a fossil of any kind. No, there's some right. Let's see if I can find. There's some turds right in there that just haven't found a home yet. That's so great. And George, but you have to have this, a sense of humor about this, right? Because everybody else says, oh, this guy collects turds. But I mean, if you took it super, super seriously and you had no sense of humor about it, you'd go crazy eventually because people are like, ha, ha, ha. They don't take it seriously. So why should you? No, a lot of people don't take it seriously or and they give they give me a hard time. They, you know, and they, they make a lot of jokes, but which is fine because you know what? They're talking about it. It's interesting. And yeah. I don't care. It's 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 my thing. It's interesting to me. And after the Puseum got out, it's I I know the traffic the Puseum gets and you know from Guinness and everything else. There there are a lot of people out in the world who also find it interesting. And that's who it's for. Uh, you can't make Absolutely. everybody happy, you can't make everybody believe. Right. They are what they are. There's a lot of doubters that think there's just regular stones, and that's fine. Uh, they're welcome to come check it out and learn, but yeah. uh, it's not going to be any chip off my back. Is, if, is, uh, is the is the, Puseum, is the Puseum open to, like, people can walk in, they can make a booking, they can come and see your collection? I mean, how accessible is it? Because you also have to be careful. You know, you can't have people dropping the stuff and breaking it. Um, you can't have them stealing your stuff. You've got to actually keep an eye because some of this must be quite valuable. Yes. So the the very I have a series of pieces that travel in an exhibit, and right now it's at the Orlando Science Center as part of an exhibit. It's it's very cool where the public can go to this museum and see the most coprolites they've ever seen in their whole life all in one place. They can see Barnum the world's largest T-Rex poop. They can see crocodile poops. They can see all kinds of different stuff and learn mm. about coprolites. And what I do is I donate that. <clears throat> uh, I share it with these museums. As long as they say, hey, we want to host it and we will keep it safe and insure it. And right. they pay for the, tr the costs of getting it there. I I'll share it with them for free. Because I think it's when I you have a collection like this, it's very important to share it with those who are interested, share it with the public. And, you know, I've had a lot of scientists, paleontologists reach out who are working on a paper, who have questions. Mm -hmm. It's open to them. Any There's a lot of specimens online that they can see. If anybody sees one, they say, hey, I, I really have more questions. Or can we meet right. to talk about it? Or can I see it? 
I'm very, you know, willing to work something out so that can happen. Your back door's uh, always open. <laughs> Sorry, Ian, what did you want to say? <laughs> I, I got that. Never mind, Gareth. Um, what I wanted <laughs> to ask was, though, um, transporting the stuff all over, obviously it gets onto planes. And have you ever had to explain to someone, or do you just say it's a coprolite and they think, oh, well, it's some scientific thing? Or, I mean, I don't know if they'd be that happy knowing that you were transporting poop all over, right? No, I, I've been stopped a few times going through airports so i keep them in these very nice padded boxes these travel cases and of course sometimes the x-rays they don't know what i'm traveling it's it's an odd case so they'll i guess some one of the security people always wanting to open it up and they're like what is this well they're fossils they're fossilized poop and depending on the person it's it's a really neat reaction or a really poor reaction and then you know, sometimes if it's not a great reaction, I go for additional screening. So it's it's part <laughs> of what happens when you're in the business of poop. You mentioned insurance, and, and that's an interesting side of this. Have you actually had the collection valued? Do you know what it's worth? And, and how do you go about insuring a coprolite? Oh, that's that was the most interesting feat ever. So after I, after I acquired Barnum, the T-Rex poop, in 2020... Uh, it was, of course, very valuable. It was certified by Guinness World Records. So I had to get it insured. So I went to a few of the big clearinghouses for priceless objects, you could say. Like, hey, I want to get this insured. And trust me, when you go to a place like that and say you want to get a poop insured that's normally doing fine art and coins and things like that, the reaction is kind of uh, unique. Uh, so lots of yeah. times I'll say... I just got a lot of rejections. No, this is not something we're interested in. We're not going to do it. Keep looking. Here's maybe they'd give a recommendation. And it took a year of going to all these different places. And finally, they said, well, we might do it, but you need an appraisal. You need an official appraisal. All right, great. <laughs> I didn't really think it through. So then you do the same thing all over. You go and to all these appraisers that some of them are in the same places. And like Lloyd's and Sotheby's and whatnot. And you say, hey, I want this appraised. And there's nothing else like it. So there's nothing to compare it to to give a, a proper appraisal. I finally, after many, many emails and many, many rejections, which I'm used to in this, is, and it's fine, I found a guy who was actually hired by the U.S. government to appraise a collection of somebody who was being... Uh, you know, was going through some court cases with the U.S. government about fossils. So he had the background hmm. of appraising unique and big fossil collections. So he did appraise wow. Barnum. And once I had that, I was able to go to the insurance companies and shop it around and get insurance on Barnum. What, what kind of insurance do you have to take out on a, on a turd? <laughs> like how much? Well, yeah, I mean, what, like, he's probably your most, he, listen to me, uh, it is probably <laughs> the most valuable <laughs> piece in your collection. And it certainly would be more valuable than anything that we dig up in our backyards. I mean, it's, it's rare. It's enormous. It's, uh, it's hugely research and scientifically famous and important. So what kind, what kind of price would that fetch on the open market? And by the way, how did you acquire it? You just, you just kind of breezed past that, but, where would someone even go to acquire something like this? Uh, it's it's all about networking. Uh, so there was a private rancher up in South Dakota who came across it. There was a middleman that I knew who 
got it from him, you know, talked to him, said, hey, I know a guy. He contacted me and said, hey, I've got this. Are you interested? So possibly I need to get it, you know, I need to look at it. It'll probably need to be tested and whatnot. And everything worked out. So I picked it up and something like this, I give you a ballpark, approximately 20,000 US. Wow. Holy, Hmm. holy shit, literally. That's phenomenal. (laughs) Yes. And it may go for much, much more or yeah, go for, I would never sell it, but you know, if something ever happens to me and my family gets rid of it to, you know, pay for all my, for all my poo debts, uh, you know, may go for less. Who knows? Who knows? It's, it's, uh, George, this, this is uh, this is an amazing thing. I mean, first of all, you know, yours obviously your collection has scientific merit. A lot of the people we've spoken to on Collectomania, they just like collecting things. Um, but your interest does not stretch beyond the world of fossilized poop, right? I mean, you're not collecting like uh, more recent specimens, and you're not particularly interested in, in modern animals and and their on their turds. Or am I wrong? No, I, I'm actually kind of a germphobe when it comes to stuff like that. I ten thousand years is the cutoff for me. There are some kind of <laughs> turds in Florida that are questionable and, you know, a few thousand years old. They're just not mineralized. They're kind of chalky. And that's that's a little scary to me. So they get thrown back. You really have to make sure they're mineralized. They are stone before they come into the collection. I have, I mean, I have interest in feces of modern animals because it tells us something about prehistoric animals. So I do study it. I do. I am interested in you know, what current animal poop looks like. What does a crocodile poop mm. look like? What does a, like an ostrich poop look like? Uh, you know, things that maybe we can draw reference to prehistoric past with. However, it's all photographs and, you know, online research and libraries. It's not, hey, look, this was outside, <laughs> bringing it in to uh, yeah. into a case. Tell me, uh, what, what other kind of interesting uh, coprolites do you have there which you can actually associate with a particular species of dinosaur or prehistoric animal? I mean, which ones are you most interested in? Do you, for example, have like saber-toothed tiger turds or do you have uh, something from a triceratops or something from a brontosaurus? I mean, how big, by the way, would a brontosaurus's turd be? That's quite a scary idea. I often joke because I parked my car um, at my parents' house. There's a big tree above the car. And for some reason, these birds all seem to shit in enormous quantities all over my car. And I always joke that it must be a pterodactyl that lives in the tree. Now, I mean, is, is it true that a brontosaurus would have made enormous big turds? And do you have one of those? I, I don't have a brontosaurus turd. Uh, it, it's interesting. There's been studies about brontosaurus turds. You get these giant dinosaurs and when they, when they poop, it's got a long way to fall, right? Unless they poop into the water. Yeah. And so a lot of mm-hmm. them scatter. You wouldn't get this nice, beautiful turd shape. You'd get maybe like a cow patty. You know, it looks like mm. a, a big round I'm blob. just trying to imagine, like, if you were unfortunate enough to be walking behind a brontosaurus who had diarrhea, I mean, you'd, you could be killed by the impact. Leanne joked earlier, but I, you probably, the quantity and the, and the height that it's, uh, that, it, that it's dropped from, it could be quite deadly if a human was around at that time. There was a guy. Oh, there was a guy absolutely. at a zoo who got stuck under elephant poop and died. No. Suffocated. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He couldn't get up. I think it could be dangerous. But 
as far as my favorite, so there's all different kinds of fossilized poop that are interesting, but some of my favorite are ones with bite marks. So these are poops that were made by some prehistoric critter. A lot of them are probably crocodilian of some sort, and they're floating through the water, and some fish or some other critter thinks it's a meal. They smell it. And they think it's a meal and they come up and take a bite out of it and learn that it's like, oh, that's a that was not a nice meal. And they release it and they go about their day. Well, they leave very distinct bite marks on these feces that turn into coprolites. I have one. It's about the size of a little pie, you know, one of those little fruit pies you get. Yeah. And it's Good like the critter went and just took a, if you took a bite out of it without pulling the piece off and it has perfect uh, <laughs> teeth marks, upper and bottom bite mark impressions where you can see every tooth top and bottom. And somehow in the whole process, it didn't fall apart and it is wow. a one solid piece. Uh, that's just the so thought you, of it. You could then have to, happen it, to make that good. happen. Is fascinating. If you were a great paleontologist, you could probably piece together the jaw of that particular creature and figure out what it was. I mean, it's it's this is a whole other, you know, private investigation, sci-fi, uh, historical research project, which I'm sure there are lots of people who'd be interested in. I, I love the fact that you are one of the few collectors we we've had on the show who can also actually send like your traveling collection to museums and for research purposes to to other people's uh, offices and labs all over the world. I mean, that's really, really interesting stuff. What do your family think of this, though, and your friends? Well, I have a very supporting wife. Uh, you know, she doesn't <laughs> care. Sometimes she'll come home and there's turds on the table. Some people might care about that. Uh, she's she's very supportive, and, uh, you know, she knows it was, a, it was one of my things when we met, so that's great. Family's supportive, and friends... They're also supportive. Uh, everybody in my circle, they know about it and they help me out with it whenever that they're able to. So that's it's nice to have that uh, that network to lean on. Do you get to display all of this stuff, or is it mostly locked away? And are there specific conditions under which you you need to lock it up? I mean, is it is it uh, any of it sensitive to light or to air or to uh, certain chemicals? I mean, do you have to keep special precautions? When you store these things. Yes, I do. So every piece is photographed and it is logged. All the information about that piece, where it was found, size, weight, age, <laughs> yes. uh, is recorded into a database. So I have this turd database, do a dookie database. And then <laughs> it's, it's bagged, numbered, boxed. And then you can see behind me, there's a, go one way or the other there's a safe there's one of them behind me there's another one across the room same size Hmm. that store pieces while they're here before they get uh, shipped out or on display or they just don't have a home yet so i just want to put up the picture for for the people who are watching on youtube here is the guinness world record that is, uh, that's, the, what do you call him? Bar- Bar- Barnum. Barnum, yes. Yeah. Uh, Barnum Brown was the person who found the first Tyrannosaurus Rex. And P.T. Barnum was, mm-hmm. of course, the circus showman who was uh, 
a pretty incredible person. So Barnum, the biggest turd, <laughs> I thought was an appropriate name. It's amazing. That's millions of years old, but it looks quite fresh. <laughs> yeah, about just over 65 million years old. Uh, looks kind of like a turd. It's rounded. You can kind of see the layers. You look closely, you'll yeah. see little bone bits throughout it. And uh, it's been studied. Do we know the contents of it and what minerals make up that fine turd? Well, you are a you're a fine collector, and it is a great pleasure and privilege to share this collection uh, of yours with with everybody who who listens to and watches our show. And I'm really pleased we got to talk to you, George. I'm I'm especially appreciative because I know the the time difference. And uh, thank you for sharing your collection. What can I say? It's terrific. Well, I appreciate. It is so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm a big fan of South Africa and uh, the people there and just the beauty. It's an incredible country and I'm looking forward to the day I get to come back. So thank you so much for having me. Have a great if, day. If, if, we, if any of us happen to find any uh, dinosaur turds lying around, we'll know who to send them to. <laughs> Please give me a call. Shoot me some pictures. I uh, actually get right. emails almost daily for people who have found rocks or something that believe they are fossilized poop. Hmm. And I try to help Leanne, them. Some of them are, some of them are. Leanne, is this motivating yeah. you to start your own uh, dinosaur turd collection? Listen, if there's money in it, I'm after it. I mean, it brings a whole new meaning to rate my poop. You know, it <laughs> could, could be worth a lot of money. <laughs> it's also, it costs you a lot of money to do this collecting. I mean, George has yes. probably spent thousands and thousands of dollars over the years on, on collecting uh, dinosaur poop. I've made zero money off of this. I have spent uh, many <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars on it because it's a passion. Wow. And you've got you to follow passions and whatever oh, nice. it takes. So, so I, don't, I don't mind spending the money. It makes no difference. I think it's a greater cause than spending it on, I don't know, anything else. Well, thank you. And I, I'm always grateful for people like you in the world that are collecting things like this, because one day someone's going to say, if we don't look at that dinosaur turd, we're not going to know the answer to a certain very important question that uh, civilization is dependent on. And who knows that uh, they won't find the answer to that in Barnum, the, the, the T-Rex turd. George, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day.